0: Hairs on my body started standing on end.
1: Silence. Nothing there.
0: I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be of vital importance of
1: helping us convince the masses.
0: Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world.
2: Bridge to the other world.
0: Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. My guest today is a rare and wonderful sort of teacher. My guest today, Judy Carroll, is someone who helps people connect with highly evolved Sasquatch entities. I think this is a kind of teaching that the world very much needs right now. I think this is an important kind of teacher at a very important time. So I'm very excited to speak with Judy Carroll today. Judy, welcome to Type 471. How are you?
2: Thank you, Sam. I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. <laughs> when it comes to talking about the, the wondrous, I'm always doing well. And you and your work, it's, it's, just, it's full of wonder. So I'm doing just fine.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. That was that was wonderful.
0: Oh, well good. Yeah. Judy, I would like to know more about your background and your inciting incident. What was the very first thing that happened that got you into all this? But before I ask you that, I want to know just a, a little bit about your background.
2: Okay. As far as professional background or just in general?
0: Oh, just the whole thing. Oh, all the of it. whole thing.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, I've spent my life crawling around in the woods. Um being a fishing addict for many years climbing mountains uh just really just love the outdoors uh Lots of hiking. so if I'm not in my house, i'm I'm out hiking somewhere, enjoying nature. Um, I've done that my whole life. Uh, professional world, I've been involved in dentistry for about 31 years now. Um, I pioneered a treatment in in periodontal medicine, all called regenerative periodontal endoscopy. and so I've been doing that for 20 years and uh, seeing clients from all over the world and that sort of thing. Um, I, I wanted to put that up front because I want to let people know that I have a very strong, background in science. <laughs> I do a lot of lecturing and teaching in dentistry. Um, so I'm a pioneer in my field. However, I am kind of on a sabbatical right now. Um, as far as this, the Sasquatch topic, um, going back to my childhood days, you know, watching these uh, incredibly scary movies in the 70s, <laughs> in the early 70s, you know, that really is my first memory of this topic. Being afraid that this, this thing called Bigfoot was going to get me and there was only one of them. <laughs> I remember as a child thinking, well, there's this, there's this one creature out there and he's going to get me, you know, growing up near, um, we did a lot of camping. So I grew up in Washington state and I grew up in Kent. Um, and we would go out camping at spirit Lake at Mount St. Helens. And, you know, a lot of those movies back in that time were from that area. You know, they would have, uh, they would have footage from those areas and talk about all these scary things. So, you know, for me growing up, it was kind of a scary topic. And then. you know, uh, spent my 30s pretty much uh, living in the forest, camping in the forest. Was I lived more in the forest than I did at home in my 30s, became a pretty hardcore fishing addict and and camper at that time, you know, got into backpacking and all that. Um, And then those shows started to emerge, like Jeff Meldrum came out, uh, I believe, with his book around 2005, 2006. Um, Right around that time, you know, I started to see Jeff Meldrum and all these other people on TV. And the topic you know, sort of started to emerge in my, you know, it came on my radar at that time. And, you know, here I was spending all this time in the forest and I didn't know anything because it wasn't on my radar. I was having a lot of strange uh, experiences, but I didn't, I just, you know, just wasn't on my radar about Sasquatch. Um, But then, you know, my friend um, up in the wilderness at his home, he and five others, uh, were screamed at twice at very close range, and it vibrated their whole body, and these individuals, you know, that it, it absolutely terrified them, and I knew about the BFRO, so I told my best friend at the time, I said, you need to contact this organization called the BFRO, and the next day, they sent somebody out, you know, and his report is on there for October 13th, um, 2006, Um, through the investigator coming out and, and us learning all, everything that was going, I mean, I couldn't even believe all the physical evidence we found the next day. Um, That was my introduction. And I started going on expeditions with the BFRO. And I, you know, I met all these wonderful people like Bob Gimlin. And, you know, I just started reading as much as I could. I just could, couldn't get enough, you know, Uh, became quite a, almost like a full-time job to kind of explore this topic, uh, was so fascinated, you know, with, uh, Ron Moorhead's recordings and Jeff Meldrum's book was just excellent. I thought, and it really had all the science in it that I needed. I needed that science that he had in that book. And I was convinced that this was, you know, this was real. Um, And of course, my family thought I was crazy at the time. But, you know, I did that, the the traditional research for 10 years, I, I got really good at, you know, casting, because I'm in dentistry, I know how to do that stuff. I had all the great materials to do it you know, just everything that involves physical evidence and, you know, also doing recordings and getting the, these beans to call, you know, spring back at you, all that kind of stuff that the BFRO used to teach or still does. Um, but after 10 years, I just got completely bored with it. I just felt like, you know, there's got to be more uh, to this. And I had this really deep longing within me to make a connection with these beings i knew they were real i had experienced enough you know put having trees pushed over at you enough times
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know and and camping in the wilderness um with just like one other person you know i got away from the big crowd thing and, and started camping with just one person um and we would have trees pushed over at us all the time and we would you know get screened out and all that sort of stuff but, you know, that that's just not a connection, you know. So what I decided to do, you know, it was kind of intuitive for me to feel this need to do solo research. I, I felt like I needed to just take off, go backpacking for a month if I could in the middle of the wilderness in the Olympic National Park. Um, but, you know, at the time and, and all I wanted to do, my intention was just to hang out like You know, like the approach of Jane Goodall and just get to know them and see if I could get uh, attract them to me, um, you know, at my base camp. Um, But at the time I was running a full time clinic, you know, because I own my own business in periodontal medicine and it was quite busy at that time. And I was raising my son. And, you know, he ended up going off to college, so I couldn't make it happen until my son went off to college. And, you know, I just took kind of a step back from my periodontal business and worked very part time and just made it a priority to basically live in the wilderness as much as I could. Now, for me, that meant going back and forth, back and forth. I couldn't just take off for a month. Uh, you know, I had a dog, I had a family, that sort of thing, a business to run. So I made it happen in my own way. You know, if something's important enough to you, you make it happen. Um, so for me, it meant just going into the wilderness, um, spending at least three or four nights a week, uh, spending the night out there alone. And that was when, oh, my gosh. But the other thing, too, is that I changed my approach. I mean, completely changed my approach. So instead of having the intention of of finding physical evidence and, you know, um, all the things that we were taught and and having the intention of, hey, I'm going to get a photograph or a video of one of these beings, I dropped all that. I just I dropped it all. And my intention, my whole entire intention became, I just want to get to know you um, will you teach me? And that was it. You know, I want to get to know you and will you teach me? And everything changed rapidly when I changed my intention. It, it, you know, that first year, um, spending time with them, having them teach me an entire language, a symbolic language so that we could communicate together. I did a lot of gifting, you know, where I, I made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for them every night. Um, you know, I experienced a lot of really cool stuff. And I and that's what I when I do my presentations, I, I present all that. And I did do audio recordings. And I think it's important in the beginning to do audio recordings because you're trying to get to understand and get to know these beings. You're not trying to take their picture. You're just trying to get to know them and, and know more about their special skills and what they're about, their character, things like that. Um, And audio seems to be okay. It's not intrusive, you know, having said that, I don't do it anymore. Um, But it it was really a a great thing for me to do because I captured so much audio of them talking in this click language, um, playing the drums, um, mimicking a lot of different things, Um, singing, uh, mimicking a ukulele. I mean, I have hundreds of hours of audio. And it just kind of helped me understand their skills, <laughs> especially in mimicking Sam, um, but also their different languages. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, our relationship evolved to the point with this family of of Sasquatch. And I, and I ended up figuring out that there was 14 in this clan that I was hanging out with. Um, I got to the point where I was uh, brave enough to um, invite them m- more into my space you know and it took months it took months of of um communicating with this symbolic language you know i'm out there in the wilderness all by myself you know many, many miles from anyone (laughs) or anything. And, you you know, it took a long time for me to sort of let my fear go. And I had to let go of my dog early on. And and there was this there's this whole story about how I was able to let go of that fear. And I talk about that in my presentation. But when I finally got to the point where I could let go of that fear, then um, he communicated to me that it was time for us to have a face to face. Well, what was really cool about that, Sam, is that I was going to ask for the face to face after i was able to just spend uh the night alone without a tent or a camper you know for some reason the tent and the camper and the dog we think we're safe it's really all about our own fear and so i had let all that stuff go and i decided to invite them in close to me and that they could come up and touch me which they did and my whole body vibrated the first time he came up and touched me on my left shoulder um and then you know I go to my, you know, the place where we do these communication glyphs and he says, "Okay, it's time for a face to face. Well, uh, two weeks later, I had my face to face. It took, you know, uh, (laughs) every day that went by, I thought, "Okay, maybe today's the day is today the day. I didn't know. You know, I just this wasn't an exact time or place appointment there was a lot of um, fear, kind of fear on my part, I I guess I could say about, you know, on days that I would be hiking out there or camping out there, you know, I'm thinking, oh my God, is the day, is today the day. But I ended up figuring out through the symbolic um, glyph language uh, exactly where it was to be. I didn't know the time, but basically, you know, through the communication, I figured out exactly where it was going to be and pretty close to the approximate time. So I went down there and sure enough, as soon as I sat down, he started walking toward me. And um, I got to tell you, when there's a an eight foot, 900 pound, probably 900 pound. I I don't even know how much he weighs. But when they step, it is loud, you know, very purposefully, very loud was the way that he walked up to me. I mean, br- really breaking heavy branches and, um, going through an area where there's no trail. So really he's trailblazing and, and his footfalls are just, you know, really heavy. He was doing it very heavy on purpose. I could tell, um, you know, and it took like between five and 10 minutes for him to walk up to me. I thought I was going to have a stroke. My blood pressure was probably very dangerously high because it took me two or three days to recover from this. Um, but you know, having an eight foot being walk up to you, I can't think of anything more, um, special. I, I mean, I felt honored. I wasn't afraid, but I, but the adrenaline rush was so incredible. I mean, you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know how you're going to respond. He stopped about 30 to 35 feet in front of me. Um, because I feel that he knew that I couldn't handle more than that. And I, You know, we can't handle them walking right up to us in in daylight. This was July 31st at about 530 in the evening. But I saw the top of his head first as he approached. But that time that it took him to walk up to me just seemed like an eternity. But when I saw, I mean, he very purposefully went out of his way to arrange this to where there was no way that I could run at him or even get to him because it was in this really thick really thick brush which is what you know stuff like that i'm used to breaking through to find a honey hole to fish but this was especially thick so i got to see the top of his head hit this branch and it went over the top of his head and then and then he came and then he came closer and i could see his eyes and then his face and his nose and he has this roman nose and he's gray And I never expected him to actually look that striking. I very human, very human looking, by the way, Um, just very massive. (laughs) You know, a Roman a Roman nose is not a nose that you would expect. I I never expected that. Uh, Plus, I never expected he would be gray. You know, in our imagination, we because I didn't want to see them. I did not. My goal was not to see them when I first started communicating with them. I thought that they were hideous looking because I had always gone off what I had seen other people, you know, drawings and paintings and things like that. Um, I was probably looking in all the wrong places, but man, some of those people put out some really hideous things. And so I thought that was truth. Mm -hmm. Well, that wasn't truth at all. It wasn't even close. (laughs) Um, you know, um, his eyes, his brown eyes, very close set, very heavy brow and the way that he looks at you. So he comes through and he's looking at me and it's, it's this very wise, incredibly wise gaze that I, I kind of akin to the gaze of an eagle you know the way an eagle looks at you or looks you know it just says it's very striking i just there's no words
0: for it certainly oh yeah this this (laughs) this would be something i imagine that that words would always uh you know struggle to 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 describe fully but there are there are a few things about this that i would like to take a moment to try and isolate um The the period of time, the amount of time that it took him to walk up to you, between five and ten minutes, I want to understand that. And also, you've you've told me quite a lot about uh, symbolic movement and gestures, and, and I just want to know... To what extent, uh, the, the way he approached you, the way it, it, it serves as an, as an example of the, the the symbolic gestures and body language that you're talking about. I want to know what was present.
2: Oh, no, no. The symbolic language is the glyph language that he taught to me and that we used to communicate for months before this happened. Right. Um, and we had to have that communication first because I had to feel at ease. Um, we had already established a relationship before he walked up to me. We had already established a very deep connection before he walked up to me, even though I couldn't see him yet. We had established a deep connection through communication. And that's why I think this is so important to teach. Um, Mm -hmm. communication is everything teaching someone how to have the right kind of, you know, to, to basically attract one of these beings to you. Um, And I would later learn basically, you know, also I would later learn, you don't have to spend three or four nights a a week out in the wilderness like I did. This was my classroom. I was learning something new and there was a very steep learning curve with that. And like I said, I had to take some time off work to really do this because I knew it was important. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, the way that he walked up to me, just the way that he planned this was just Amazing. I I still don't fully understand why um, he gave me that full on experience of five minutes of very, very heavy footballs coming closer and closer and closer uh, because it was almost like a scary movie. It was like, you know, a scene out of a out of a horror movie. <laughs> Sounds like it. That's the only way I can describe it. You know, even though I wasn't afraid, there was no fear on my part of him because, again, we already established a relationship. But the but the the thing is, you don't. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what we're gonna do when he walks up to me. I don't know how this is gonna go. And first, and and the other thing too, it's like you you have this. I mean, is this really happening? Kind of a, you know, oh my God, is this really happening? And as he gets closer and closer and he's breaking branches and it's getting louder and louder and louder. And... you know, it's kind of fear of the unknown, but it's also the adrenaline. I used to be a skydiver. I know what adrenaline's all about. I used to climb Mount Rainier and Mount Baker and all these peaks. I, you know, I know what adrenaline is about. <laughs> but this was on a scale. I mean, that's not doesn't even compare to those things. Believe it or not, doesn't oh, even compare.
0: I would imagine.
2: <laughs> um. So that those life experiences sort of prepared me for this. I would I would venture to guess. You know, that kind of uh, life experience you know, I've done a lot of really high adrenaline things with my life. Um, And and so it did prepare me. But you know, when he finally did walk up, and I watched him, you know, and got to see his face and him looking at me, and I'm like ducking behind the tree, because I don't want to keep staring at him. I was trying to be respectful. But Um, he walked into this very thick brush. And as he pushed his body through, it was pushing his body through to come closer to me. And at that point he was, you know, probably less than 30 feet from me. He, all, all of those bushes started to vibrate really like really high vibration. Everything started to vibrate. And then he, and at that point, I thought, oh, my God, he's just going to I was like kind of like I kind of like surrendered, like to how I was feeling. It was kind of like, well, here we go, because <laughs> I thought he was going to explode right through. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to see. I've never seen a Sasquatch. before. <laughs> no idea. Right. I didn't know if he was going to just walk right up to me. And so uh, he stopped, but he stopped. He, as he pushed his big body through, and I could see his big body in there, you know, and his face, of course, and how tall. Oh, my God, he's so tall. Um, But he stopped. And um, thank God he did, because I know I would have just stroked out.
0: <laughs> no kidding. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep your blood pressure elevated for that long without. <laughs> no, no.
2: And there's a whole story on what happened next, and I actually recorded all of this because I did not want to forget any of it. Um, right. From the chipmunk over my head going absolutely nuts while this was happening, this chipmunk was just going crazy, and there was also something in the in the brush there right as he walked up that was like, you could hear this four-legged critter like trying to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to, I thought whatever it was was going to run right out at me. Seriously. You could hear this four legged critter in there, and I don't know if it was a deer or what it was, but th- whatever it was was trying to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh shit whatever that is is gonna come running out at, at me i never did get to see what it was anyway um but you know then he stopped and everything got really quiet and then he, and then I, but i could see i could hear one behind me it wasn't just this one in front of me it was the one behind me i could hear walking up too but the one that was in front of me was the one that i had my focus on you know um then then he stops, he pauses, he's just everything goes quiet. And then he starts doing this click language to the one behind me and they start talking back and forth in click language. I was just standing there like, oh, my God, they're talking about me and I don't know what they're saying. You know, I trusted them. I didn't feel at all like my life was in danger, not for one second, by the way, not for one second. But I was like, what in the world are they saying? Right. (laughs) Are they saying she's about to stroke out?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe give her a break. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you really quickly about this uh, click language. Um, I want to know from your direct personal experience, does it seem to you like they're making the sound with their throat, with their mouth, with their cheeks, or with their teeth?
2: I think it depends on what they're doing. Like if you listen to the drumming, I, that one I really can't figure out for the life of me. Um, you know, have you ever heard click language by the, you know, the folks in, uh, Africa that still use that language, click language? Sure.
0: Language? Yeah. Yeah. I think about that.
2: You know, you know, it depends on what sound they're making, um, on what, you know, but I, 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 I really don't know the answer to your question. I'm sorry, I just don't. Well, that's when okay.
0: You... and and I I anticipated that you would have something to say much like that. like it would depend on what kind of sound they're making, of course. I mean, they're they're moving their mouth in a complicated way for the purpose of, yeah, you know, communication, which is what all languages is. So, you know, I mean, uh, you know the the mouth moves in very subtle ways and nuanced ways and so
2: yeah there's there's pops and clicks and you know i've got recordings of it people can listen to that on my presentation that's on my website i i love listening to it i mean it's a lot of fun I you know it's there, there's variations of it too i've got recordings of different variations of it which i don't know what that means and A lot of times, I mean, there's just so much audio I can't even explain. I have so much weird audio. And Dave Ellis is the one that helped me with this. Uh, He's the audio expert over at Olympic Project. And he, he said, Judy, you, hands down, you have the most amazing audio I have ever analyzed. As far as a collection of audio, I mean, this is amazing stuff. And he keeps it you know, um, private. And I really appreciate that with Dave, you know, he, he knows that I only shared that with him so that we could take little clips out of it and share it with the world, you know? Right. Um, but, and I may start doing audio recordings again, because I feel like they're going to, they're going to, I I just, this, maybe this is, you know, dreaming, but I kind of feel like they're going to be giving me more stuff just to, sort of bring out a little bit at a time as people are ready to hear it and see it, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Yes. You've, Um, you've mentioned to me that that you felt that there may be more coming in the near future.
2: I I think there will be. I think that I'm sort of to not only be a scribe of sorts, because I think I'm going to be writing a book real soon on how to do that symbolic language among, among other things. I want to teach people how to get it, get their own connection And I wanna I wanna help people get a teacher because this massive being became my teacher and he's ever present. His name is Kombe. And um, you know, they teach us who we are. We gotta put down this, you know, wanting to take pictures and try to figure out who they are. We gotta figure out who we are first.
1: Oh, absolutely. And so what
2: it is, is it's it's an unlearning of who we thought we were. It's just a remembering of who we really are and a letting go of kind of our old um, ego self and getting more into heart. So everything that Kombe teaches me um, and has been teaching me, I would really like if people are interested and they really want to get to know these beings uh, with true heart intention, I can help you get a teacher and it's not that hard (laughs) it's actually quite easy but you know a lot of the Sasquatch community seems more interested in the physicality stuff more about hey what do they eat what's their DNA what's their you know what do they look like all that sort of thing if you put your intention out there to just get to know them first and they're very wise ancient beings they've been here for you know millions and millions of years they're you know they have special skills that (laughs) You know, when you spend enough time with them, you get to witness these things over and over and over. And I've taken photographs that I cannot explain. I mean, that nobody could explain. But, you know, if you start to read books on quantum physics and really kind of let go of this notion of Newtonian science, because that's just antiquated, you know, we're... (laughs) You know, it just doesn't fit anymore. We're coming into a, an understanding now of our physical world, and it has to deal with physics. You you know, the natural laws of physics. Mm-hmm. We got to get away from this old, these old thoughts of matter being all there is. For example, a lot of people, and I'm just going to say this, the BFRO will exclude any reports that include energetic beings. You know, if there's any kind of energy going on, or something that they don't have the ability to explain, they will exclude it from their database, and they call it they call it woo woo. Well, it's not woo woo; it's the natural laws of physics. So this is the thing. I think that we need to bring in people that have an understanding of quantum physics, of a good handle on that sort of thing, because um, right now in the field, I don't see that happening. I see a physical anthropologist, Jeff Meldrum, and also that woman, uh, Mariah you got these physical anthropologists, but you don't have anyone talking about E equals MC squared. We need people that will talk about E equals MC squared. Because as you saw, you know, all of Einstein's quotes, you know, he came to the understanding that we're, we're all energy. And these beings are, are, are no different. I mean, they're energy. The thing about the difference between them and us is they're able to actually manipulate matter and energy that's, that's the only difference. And that's, you know, that's a great skill set, uh, because look at how well that will keep you hidden, you know? Um, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous for anyone to think that they could kill a Sasquatch, for example, or trap one. Well, you can't trap something that can be pure energy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Judy, so far we have a lot of grand concepts all over the place. So let's, let's start providing a little bit of structure. So if someone were to get involved on an introductory level with you, what is the very first thing that would happen?
2: Well, um, if somebody wants to just have a conversation with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, Heart of the Ho, and just read how to become a student. Um, And it's very simple. I just want you to actually listen to that presentation before you call me. And I also want you to read about intention um, I want you to check your intentions I don't want people to call me that are are simply interested in this because they want to get a photograph or something like that this is all about I want you know if someone is has the intention of wanting a relationship I am all about teaching them how to do that so we can do that through zoom we can or, or you can come up here and visit me we can do a half day out in the out in the forest together um you know I, if people can't make the trip we can try to do it on zoom it's very difficult for me to teach on zoom i really prefer to be in the company of of a person and even at least one overnighter however the weather is really you know not cooperating right now i'm supposed to leave for a trip tonight but <laughs> There's a huge storm coming in. I've got a client that wants to go out to the hole for a couple of days, you know, spending at least one night with me out there, I can teach you everything you need Mm -hmm. to go on this journey. Um, let me, can I explain this journey a little bit so that people don't have expectations that aren't met? Um, it's on the website too, by the way, if you, if you click on, um, Become a student or how to become a student on HeartOfTheHo.com. I kind of lay out there in bullet points what I uh, what I aim to teach you, what you're going to learn.
0: If I may interject really quickly, I just want to yes. point out that it that Ho is spelled H O H, so it's Heart of the H O H, and H O H is pronounced Ho. So yes. that's that's what we're talking about. HeartOfTheHo.com is Judy's website.
2: Yeah, and it's the Ho Rainforest. It's absolutely the most spectacular. I think it should be. I mean, um, it's otherworldly. It should be like the eighth wonder of the world. Anyway, so, so here's, here's what I want. You know, here's if, if somebody wants to come and learn how to develop a relationship and get a teacher, here's what your teacher is going to be teaching you. They're going to be teaching you to let go of who you thought you were and they're going to help you peel the onion and discover who you really are and why you're here. Now, that might sound really deep, but this is not about learning about who they are. Other than you will learn that these are benevolent, high-level beings. They're ancient, high-level beings, uh, m- much more evolved than we are. A lot smarter than we are. A lot more wise than we are. They are very driven by heart energy. As I talk to, as I talk about in my presentation. Um, You can't find them in the basement of the house at that level, that low energetic level. You've got to come up a little bit and and coming up a little bit means changing your intention. And um, once you change your intention and it becomes a heart comes from heart, not head, you begin to experience all kinds of amazing things. And I put on there that, yeah, you will probably get invited to have your own face to face. Eventually, it took me um let's see he walked up to me July 31st 2016 first time and I would say it took us three three to four months of communication to make that happen so you have to you know this isn't some kind of instant thing there's a lot of lessons you're going to have to go through first and the reason for that is they have to prepare you you have to let go of fear before this can happen they take you through these lessons to make you a better person. (laughs) It's basically a a, a journey of ascension. Hmm. And if that doesn't interest you, then don't call me. I don't, don't contact me. Okay. I I don't want people that just want to, um, you know, that are just interested in the physical and all that sort of thing, or even just don't even understand if these beings really exist. I'm more kind of on the more advanced sort of level of, you know, maybe people have already accepted that there's these beings in the forest and now they want to get to know them. And now now they want to get to know them because they want to have a relationship. So I, my presentation is titled building a relationship with Sasquatch. And when you build a trusting relationship with these beings that doesn't involve track cameras and all that other stuff, oh my gosh, are you in for a ride? You're in for the ride of your life, but it's, it's absolutely the most worthwhile journey you will ever take. And this is coming from someone who, you know, I've, I've done a lot of really cool things with my life. And this is the, you know, be, besides having my son, having my son, giving birth to my son and, and having this wonderful, you know, uh, love for my son, um, this is the next best thing that's ever happened to me. And so now I have this relationship with these beings on such a heartfelt, deep level. I mean, they're family to me. They're always with me. I'm never afraid in the forest. Doesn't matter where I go. I, I could go to Alaska. I could go to Montana. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't. I love being alone in the forest. <laughs> but you know, even more now, Sam, I love taking people to the forest. And I don't want to do big groups. I like to have little one-on-one. Sessions with you because I want to get to know you and I want to, you know, help uh, them help you hook you up with a teacher and help you to understand that you're going to be going through these lessons and they're very worthwhile lessons to go through. But, you know, um, it's it's ascension. Of course. You know, I didn't even I didn't even know that word. By the way, I didn't even really know that word before all this. <laughs> it was not something that I, you know, sure I spent some time in my life reading spiritual books and stuff like that, but I didn't, you know, that word was just not even in my, you know.
0: Well, you actually uh, you you point out something that that I wanted to ask you. I I just want to be clear about this before all this began, before. Any of this, any Bigfoot stuff whatsoever, before any of it began, what, what kind of experiences had you had in your life prior to that on a, on a mystical level, on a spiritual level? Had you ever encountered any, anything, had any sort of experience in your life that might be of a non-mainstream paranormal type of nature?
2: Oh, tons. My whole life. My whole life has been paranormal. So that kind of stuff has, been, uh, has permeated my life everywhere I go. Um, but see, I didn't know how to label it or talk about it or any of that stuff. I was always fascinated with it, you know, you know, even up on the cascade river, when I was in my thirties, um, there's something walked up to me behind me while I was fishing and started talking to me and I could not see it, (laughs) stuff like that. And then the, and then the energy that I felt from whatever was there that I couldn't see. And this, deep voice sounded like a Native American voice talking to me. I just figured it was a Native American spirit, you know, because I've I've had a lot of paranormal, so much paranormal stuff my whole life, you know, really, really cool stuff. But again, I didn't, I never thought about Sasquatch ever. Like I said, until it started coming out on television. Um, and then You you know, then it all exploded. I mean, you see how far it's come since the early 2000s. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Look at how how far it's come. And now look at how many people are having experiences. It seems to me like it's ramping up. And I'll tell you, it's ramping up for good reason. We need Sasquatch teachers. And I I start out my presentation with with telling people they want to teach us, you guys. (laughs) And that blows people away. Uh, but here it is. This is the truth. This is the absolute truth. <laughs> they want to teach us now because we're, we need this right now, right? I mean, we could all say this is because some crazy times right now. We don't know what in the world the next day is going to hold as far as the news is concerned, you know, and who to trust and uh, the division, the polarity, all that kind of stuff that's going on. Um, we could all use uh, ancient wisdom right now and also to tune in with who we really are because you know once you tune into who you really are you know you can relax a bit about all this stuff that's going on in the world and you can know that it's okay and this is just a natural transition that we're going through and you can also feel safe knowing that you've got a a teacher by your side that they'll never let you down you know um it's a you know, I feel like the, I often say this, I say it all the time. I feel like the luckiest person on the, on the planet. I really do. I have something more valuable than all the money in the world. And I, I would, I would just love for others to feel this way. Right. Right. You know, feeling this kind of gratitude on a daily basis is a very healthy thing. It's your natural state to feel this way. Um, you know, having said that, you're going to go through some hard lessons, but those hard lessons are just letting go of who you thought you were and letting go can be kind of hard, right? Like our ego tries to hang on to to old stuff. It goes kicking and screaming.
0: <laughs> it's the hardest thing anybody does in this lifetime ever in terms of interpersonal work. I mean, getting getting a person to uh, go it within to to look within themselves yeah. for any sort of answer is an incredibly difficult thing to do. The the ego is constantly trying to get us to be right here, right now, and survive and take care of our physical selves, and so we are always always in the quest for enlightenment. We're always having to bypass yeah. the ego.
2: I'm glad so glad you brought that up because you know the little tagline for Heart of the Ho is a journey within. And, you know, that's kind of means two things, a journey within the whole rainforest, because it is the most magical place I've ever been to in my life. And people feel it when I take them there. They absolutely feel it. They come out changed. But a journey within yourself as well. And the whole rainforest facilitates that in such a profound way. And, you know, that was the classroom for me. That was where all my lessons happened. I mean, it was just you know, I spent a lot of time out there kicking and screaming and cussing and throwing things. And um, <laughs> you talk about an ego. I mean, I was like, um, I was like a like a little tiny two year old out there in the forest, um, um, going through these lessons with uh, my teacher. It was very hard. This was not easy. Uh, but you know, I had a lot of baggage. I I just I had a ton of baggage. Um,
0: you know, <laughs> well, sure. I mean, you know, life happens. We all have our lives, but then we also, we also have very sensitive people such as yourself and such as me and such as, you know, others that we meet along the way, very sensitive people who who have insights and gifts and talents, but, you know, have, who, who absorb the the weight of the world that they experience around them as well. So yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, sensitive people collect all kinds of baggage, Judy.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, we talked about that the other day. Um, I had, I had, I'm going to tell you, I'll share with you. I had so much hatred of human beings, not, not all human beings, but for the most part, I was done with humanity. Sure. (laughs) And I, I would just go to the forest to be with these beings and escape humanity or humanity, use that term loosely, the human race, you know, society. Um, I, I, just couldn't wait to get away and be in the presence of these loving beings. And, you know, that makes people uncomfortable. You know, it's funny when I'm presenting, I'm lecturing out there. Uh, I'll notice people get up and walk out. I mean, for the most part, 95% of people stay, but you'll see people get up and walk out. If I start talking about these things that make them uncomfortable, but the truth is these beings are capable of unconditional love, like on a scale of it's above human love, it's above spiritual love honestly it's it's when you know when the next level of love is divine love that's you know we're talking high level stuff here yeah so you can understand how that can be the, the wisdom that comes through when they're having you go through a lesson and and helping you let go just helping you let go and trust and um it's very <laughs> You know, it's very loving. You know, Kombe comes to me all the time. We do a lot of stuff together. Um I'm very spoiled when it comes to um my teacher.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> He's very attentive. But you know, I think that's the way they are with everyone. And by the way, your your teacher may not be a male. i've had I've taught students that I've got gotten uh, female teachers. it It really, it's a unique curriculum, and they will put you with the teacher that's best for you. And my, my life, I pretty much grew up without a father, any positive male role, role model whatsoever. And I needed a strong male teacher in my life.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: connection, strong male connection. I needed that so bad, Sam.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Like you, Judy, I am, I am still in in need of that male teacher.
2: Same here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Although I do have this female teacher now, she's come into my life. Um, and so I've just kind of started this process of connecting with her. And she, I believe she's taking me to the next level of being a strong female leader, you know, um, teaching me to be myself and to let go of my fear of being myself. You know, and I want to go back to you know, I did periodontal medicine for 31 years. I pioneered a treatment. I had patients flying in from all over the world. I'm kind of world-renowned. I lecture and teach out there in the dental community. The last thing that I wanted to do, Sam, was tell the world that there was these uh, large beans in the forest teaching me things.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And so it took me a long time to get over this fear of, of being authentic and telling the truth. Because I because I seem to care what people think of me. Well, I thought it was I thought it would destroy my business if, you know, people find me on the Web. They find me through Google and oh, They're going to tie this name Judy Carroll to these Sasquatch beans. And by the way, she's got an eight foot teacher and his name's Combe. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You
2: know, I thought I thought they're going to think I'm a complete kook but I I have come to the point now because the world is so crazy that I don't give a damn. I just don't give a a rip what people think of me anymore. I'm, I'm here to be authentic. I'm here to tell people the truth and I'm here to help people connect with a teacher. However we do that, you know, if I have to come to you, I will try to make that happen. Um, I I really have discovered, I don't like teaching on zoom though. I'm really struggling with this Mm. um, just because it's not, It's not the connection. I need to have a connection with the person I'm teaching with or teaching, you know, Um, and I've had enough students come out to the whole rainforest to know what this experience is like. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just magical. It's wonderful. Right. You can't do that over Zoom, over an hour of Zoom. You just can't.
0: <laughs> you sure can't. There's there's plenty to be said for that in-person connection. You really you really need to yeah. be able to connect with a person in a very real and genuine and right here right now kind of way.
2: Yeah. And and I'm actually considering if people can't come see me because they can't travel, I'm almost considering going to them. Um, you know, Heart of the Ho is about donation only. I don't This isn't something for me that's about greed at all. And let's say I I attract a student who wants to learn about these beans and get a teacher and she doesn't have a lot of money. So be it. You know what? Give me a little bit of money for my time and gas and having to put my puppy in daycare. But, you know, don't worry about it beyond that, because the next person will have more to give, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: Um. And I structure it that way because I, you know, for one thing, I don't need the money. I just don't. But, but there, there has to be some value. You know, you have to, there has to be an exchange of energy, right? Um, right. If somebody's going to come and I'm going to spend a day or two teaching them and pouring my heart and soul into this, they that person to really value what you're doing, there has to be some kind of gift exchange, you know, whether it's a, whatever it is you know sure. what sure
0: yeah an acknowledgement a a, uh, yeah. a a thank you a, a this is and an observation of what you've done and and of the connection that's that's being forged there i think yeah. is that is that energy exchange that you're talking about or something like um, that
2: and, and the only reason i do that is to make it for the highest good for you it's mm-hmm. not about me this is not about me um, it's for, it's for your highest good.
0: It would be awfully convenient for me, Judy, if you could come down here to Siskiyou County. So you, you you prepared to do that? You prepared to come down here and hang out and, and, uh, and teach me, uh, your lessons here in Siskiyou County?
2: Well, I don't know where Siskiyou County is. If it's near an airport,
0: I could probably
2: <laughs> do that. Um, the thing is I have a 12 month old puppy that I can't leave for long periods of time. That's my... That's my limitation, Sam.
0: <laughs> I, I have a seventeen year old puppy that I can't leave for long periods of time.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to teach people long distance i you know, and so this is what I'm kind of asking and talking to Combe about right now, and uh,
0: certainly, and well, yeah, I, I I was just teasing you judy i I, I don't expect <laughs> you to come down here to Siskiyou <laughs> County.
2: <laughs> well, can I tell you what I'm planning? I'm planning these workshops. I'm planning to put together a workshop. One or two day workshop up here at Lake Crescent Lodge area. There's this wonderful teaching facility called Nature Bridge right on Lake Crescent. All the amenities, there's cabins, there's these um, historic cabins. And you stay in these historic cabins. They cook all the food for you. So everything is provided. It's very affordable. And the greatest part of it is you are surrounded by old growth forest. So while it's not the whole rainforest, it is just tons of moss and huge trees and the lake and, oh my gosh, hiking, waterfalls, you know, all that sort of thing. So it really is the perfect venue for me Uh, now that COVID is kind of, well, you know, COVID's wrapping up, ramping up again. But I had made plans to do these workshops and then I had to cancel it because all of a sudden there was COVID, right? And so now I'm kind of back in the planning stages of that. I can make an affordable workshop for people to travel here, go to Lake Crescent. It's not as far as going to the hoe. We can still have the Sasquatch come visit us and be with us in this beautiful old growth forest right on Lake Crescent. And Lake Crescent is the crown jewel of (laughs) the Olympic Peninsula. It's absolutely stunning. Yeah, I'm trying to put that together actually with my best friend, Lisa. We're trying to figure that out. So, you know, that way I can accommodate more people. I can say have 20 to 25 guests at a time, you see, sure, and yeah. all all the food is provided. They have a big presentation room. We can, you know, but most of this is really just connecting with people, having a nice bonfire, um, uh, taking walks in the forest and, and connecting with these beings and teaching people how to get a teacher.
1: Mm-hmm. Again,
2: goes back to my intention, and that would be to help you all get a teacher. Um, and there's a process that you go through to do that. And, you know, I don't have to be involved in your life in a way, um, you know, that consumes a lot of my time. It really doesn't take that much time, you know, but I do want to be one on one for at least one day.
0: (laughs) Well, I can hear in your voice and in your way of thinking and your unfolding thought pattern just how mission oriented you are, Judy. I can hear the intention in your voice and in your thoughts. I can see that uh, just how badly you want to. Actually, give this to people. I can I can see the authenticity in your mission, June. Yeah, it it makes itself very apparent.
2: Well, thank you. Because you know, when when something great happens to you, you want to share it. Absolutely. Uh, You know, you want to share it with people. Yeah. Um, I thought for a while, Sam. You know, the first five years or first four years or so of all this, I thought, man, um, what am I going to do with this information? (laughs) Because there's no way in heck that I'm going to share this with anyone because I don't want to be thought of as um, just some kind of a, a lunatic, you know. I thought I was going to keep this to myself, all this knowledge, all this wisdom and knowledge. And, you know, they're teaching me sacred things um that go back thousands of years um and sam i know that you have a very strong handle on history history of religion and just history in general and i love that about you but you know i think that we got off track as you were you and i were talking about we got <laughs> off track. We definitely got off track two or three thousand years ago, right?
0: Sure. <laughs> you mean you mean in our conversation, or actually two or three thousand years ago?
2: Two or three thousand years ago, the human race got off track. We went on this track of imprisonment. The Sasquatch are teaching us how to have freedom. That's. A, I mean, I can't. I can't divulge to you. Everything they're teaching to, to, to me on a podcast, obviously, I'm not going to do that. This is sacred knowledge, but of course, it really boils down to freedom. <laughs> freedom, freedom, freedom. Um, really high-level stuff.
0: Speaking of yeah. high-level stuff, I, I, I really want to explore a concept with you, an advanced concept, and see what you think of it. In order to do that, I'm going to have to explain my, my thoughts behind it. So I'm just going to lay it out, and, and then I'll ask you what you think of this. My thought. See this. This goes to the the deepest and highest levels of being. My over the course of my lifetime, I have become aware that we, all of us, every single last one of us, aware beings who manifest in the form of humanity, we were created to be companions with that one infinite being that we call God, sometimes or Creator. We are the companions of the one infinite one, and um my feeling for a long time has been that see okay we, we manifest in this material universe for the purpose of uh of honing ourselves as individuals and we enter the material universe again and again through the process of reincarnation for the purpose of meeting cause and effect for the purpose of honing ourselves as individuals and so I feel that sometimes, there's a, there's a very complicated reason for all of this, but I feel that some of those entities who are of this nature, the children of God, I think that some of them are born as Sasquatches and some of them are born as humans. Now, obviously, there are uh, you know low-level entities who are not at all developed, like serial killers in the human world, for example, or people who hurt children. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, but and at the same time, we also have very high level beings, uh, people who are very, very evolved, who help people, people who are ascended. I feel that, that it, it's not so much about the species. I feel like these kinds of beings manifest in either humans or Sasquatches. And, um, and, and I, I just wanted to get your insight into that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. I would agree with you. I would totally agree with you. And this came up in a conversation I had with someone else who it was actually my friend Harmony brought that up when I did uh, Tea Time with Harmony. She talked the same way you just did. Um, I I think that there are different uh, levels of Sasquatch beings, and certainly there's different levels in the human realm. I mean, look at Hitler versus, say, you know, uh, the Buddha. Who am I trying to think of? You know, someone who's highly, highly spiritual, the Dalai Lama. Um, (laughs) Right. Like polar opposites. Um, But, yeah, I think that there's, you know, I see people having experiences with Sasquatch beings in other states um, that are quite frightening experiences. And. You know, even even when that person maybe didn't even put out a a bad intention, you know, um, people just living in their home and all of a sudden they're having all these uh, horrific experiences, for example. Um, Yeah, I think there's different levels. Um, And I tell people, I teach people, listen, what you want to do is put out the energy that you want to attract. And that's, you know, Einstein talks about that. You put out the energy that you want to attract, and it can be no other way. You're going to attract that energy to you. Right. So, when I go into the forest and I teach people to put out heart intention, gratitude, respect, all of these wonderful heart um, intentions, then you can only attract those same beings. Okay. And so, I tell people, don't be afraid. As long as you're putting out good intention and good energy, you're always going to attract these wonderful high level ascended beans uh, um, and families around you, and you've got full protection, if you go out into the forest and you put out, well, i want I want to be rich, i'm gonna I'm gonna trap a sasquatch or I'm gonna kill a sasquatch and I'm gonna become wealthy or I'm gonna become famous. Well, if you put out that low vibration of energy, which is comes from your head and not your heart, you're gonna attract low vibration energies to you. It can be no other way. So I tell people, you know, <laughs> I mean, seriously, you choose. It's your choice. You can choose to uh, go out there and make yourself a big YouTube star and, and sort of uh, make it all about you or whatever. But just know that you're going to attract low-level beings. And there's a lot of people doing that. And Kombe has shown me over and over the types of beings that different groups and people are attracting and you know, it's just as simple. It's as simple as changing your approach. It's so easy. Oh my gosh! Bam! One second, you can change your approach and change the energies that you attract to yourself. So, but right. I agree with you. I think that you hit on something really important, and I wish more people would talk about it. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I do too.
0: And uh, and and the concept you're discussing right now is is something that Edgar Casey would often put as like attracts like.
2: Yes. Yeah,
0: the energy you put out, your intention, it 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 all brings the the equal energy back. Whatever you're putting yeah. out there, it's coming back to you.
2: A mirror image. I tell people it's a mirror image, and you know, Kombé taught me that early on. He puts that in a glyph. Actually, it's really a cool glyph. Um, you know, become a mirror image of what it is that you want in your life, and you know, if people want to attract. You know, if you want that that energy of greed and that sort of thing and making it all an ego thing, it's all about them. And there's a, for some reason, there's a lot of that in the world, especially in the Sasquatch realm. There seems to be a lot of that, I guess. I don't know why we attract that, but I, I will tell you that there's a big lesson going on in the Sasquatch community. And I think that the the lesson, <laughs> the lessons that are going on are going to come be, be coming out more and more. And I hope that we can all come together at some point. I talk, I talk about that in my presentation that, you know, it would be great for us as researchers to all come together and just really listen to one another and share and be open um, and be more inclusive. Um, there's too much of this, you know, okay, that person's woo woo, they're not enough, you know, and then this other person's too much science. We, we, you know what, we need to come together. And and some of the conferences are kind of doing that now, which is really refreshing. Um, but, yeah, it would be good for us to kind of come together and share what we know and um, not not mock. You know, if someone like myself, if I go to a Sasquatch conference and I get up and tell people that I have this eight foot teacher named Combe, you know, it freaks people out. And maybe they're not ready to hear that. And that's OK you know, for some people, that's just too much. Um, But I do ask that people open their mind and open their heart a little bit. And maybe even just, here's what I tell people, I think this is really important. Pretend you're a little kid, a little child, go back to that magic, you know, being open to magic that you had when you were, say, four or five years old. And um, open yourself a bit up to, uh, don't, don't limit yourself is what I'm saying. I think that children don't have limitations. They open themselves up to imagination and not, not that, you know, uh, um, you know, the Sasquatch are imaginary cause they're not, but if you get into that kind of energy of a child, it's going to help you go a long way. in this connection that you're trying to build with these beings. And, and, and I, like I said, on my website, the first question I ask people is what is your intention? why do you want to, um, uh, um, take a look at this topic? Why does this interest you? And, you know, ask yourself that and sit with it for a couple of days. What are my intentions? Why do I just want to be scared? Am I attracted to fearful things that, you know, a boogeyman, there's a boogeyman in the forest and that's really intriguing to me. Is that your only intention?
1: (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Right. You know,
2: you and I talked about that. This addiction to fear. Horror movies, right?
0: Sure. Um, is it is we it just all have a, it. is it a cheap thrill you're after? If if you're yeah. after a cheap thrill, you do not yeah. need to go out into the woods with Judy Carroll. <laughs> you need to you need to rent a horror movie instead.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I think as we become adults, Sam, we get into our head because it seems in today's society that being in our head is how we get through the world day to day, right? We have to be in our head to you know, we have to be in our head most of the time, whereas the Sasquatch are in their heart 99.9% of the time. And so if we're going to, if you really have the strong intention of getting to know these beings, you got to come up to that level. You just got to, they can't hear you or see you. You don't even register if you're in your head really, other than, other than being one of those humans that they just want to scare right out of the forest.
0: I'd like to uh, comment on what you're saying really quickly um yeah. with with a uh, kind of an advanced mystical concept that i have become aware of the 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 mystical meaning behind the star of david and and this you know may people will have their varying thoughts of this but the, the star of david is a very very old symbol and it, it 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 operates on it's a very complicated symbol it has very deep meaning on a number of levels um i feel this is my opinion The the star of David, the downward, the descending triangle, represents God becoming humankind, and the upward facing triangle is uh, mankind's humankind's need to rise to meet God. So this this concept in itself demonstrates something that happens on both the macro and the micro level. Humanity as a whole is it needs to ascend to. Once again, become God. God became man, man has to become God. On the individual level, this actually d- describes the process of enlightenment. We yeah. rise up, we, we elevate our energies to meet God, and God yeah. uh, comes down to match our energies once we have risen to the highest place within ourselves that we possibly can. So that's the, that's the, that's the meeting of the energy. And I just wanted to, to flesh out that concept a little bit.
2: Oh, that is, oh, thank you for sharing that. That is wonderful stuff. You are just a wealth of information.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad, Judy. Thank you.
2: Um, you know, I think we are all, like I think you mentioned this the other day, or somebody did, that we're, um, we're all potentially, we're God in the making. Didn't Jesus say that?
0: That is what um, Jesus said.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, Source created us, and now we're these extensions of Source trying to get back to Source, you know? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's that's the process that these beings take you through, I, they are they are, you know. I, I, I mean, I'm just going to touch on this a little bit. Some people have a lot of fear about who these beings are, um, but it really depends on what, who you're dealing with. Again, going back to that energy that you're attracting to yourself. If you, you know, I set out the intention. I I really sincerely asked for them to teach me, and it was a very sincere, heartfelt. Uh, fervent prayer, basically, that I said out loud in the forest. Um, And in my heart, Sam, what I meant by that, they knew what I meant by that, because I was so miserable in my life, even though on the outside, people thought that I was thriving, because here I was doing, you know, on my own business, and I'm thriving, I'm doing well, and all that sort of thing. Um, But internally, I was miserable. And so when I asked them to teach me, they knew what I meant. They knew what I meant. My intention was, can you take me to a higher level? I'm miserable. Right. At this level.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> that's
2: the that's the God's honest truth, you know. And so when I tell people, you know, when you ask for a teacher, really mean it. Uh, because you are going to um re- you're gonna go back for to source. This is a a journey back to source, is what it is.
0: Oh yeah. The whole physical universe, Judy, again, a macro and a micro expression of the same concept. And on the very highest physical level, we see the Big Bang as a great going out and away from God. And then eventually the physical universe will reach its apex and it will then collapse back in on itself and once again be absorbed into the body of God. And this... The same concept is is expressed in every single vi- individual who enters the physical universe. We go out and away from God. We get as far away from God as we possibly can, making all the mistakes we possibly can. <laughs> and then we come back, and then the, we reach our apex. We come back, and we, we return to the source.
2: And boy, that is, that, that is so right on. And boy, did I get a long ways away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, people are on different, paths in whatever body they're in this journey right and uh some of us this time around went to went further away you know um some people come here like children right now coming here and they're well I don't think they have a lot of going back to do it's like they're they've already come here as teachers and healers and you know right. they don't have to go through all the stuff that maybe you and I are going through or have gone through
0: it's a process of refinement. We're, we're yeah. getting better each time.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We are in the the last moments of the show, Judy. Uh, I wanna, yeah. I want to I want to ask you what are the what are the last few things that you think we need to understand right now? What, what what would you like us to know?
2: You know, the most important thing is try to stay in your heart always. Don't let your head take you into anger you know especially anger polarity um you know right now the most important thing is stay in your heart and let people go off on their rant or whatever they're going to do and don't get triggered by it and don't start arguments with people you know everybody's going through a lot right now we've all got our own stuff we're going through we need to have more compassion we we need to have more empathy and compassion right now and just know that everybody's got their own story and their own journey they're on and, and you just don't know what's going on with people. And so if you see someone not wearing a mask or they are wearing a mask and you don't like that, you know, check yourself on this stuff. Because when I first started this journey with Combe, he would remote view through me and he would check me every time my head thought would come into play. If I was standing in line at the grocery store and somebody had 17 items and it was a 15 item line, something like that, you know, just little stuff like that, where you get Pissed off at your fellow human, or they cut you off in traffic, or you see something on Facebook you don't agree with, you know, something that you just want to argue with, you know, pettiness. Let that, let that stuff go. It's just not important. <laughs> and um, we're not always perfect, but just practice trying to stay in your heart. That would be, you know what? That's the main thing that the Sasquatch have taught me for the last five years, five and a half years. Heart energy. You know what, Combe says here, what I would tell people. And they always use really simple words, but he says, know all in heart. You don't know all in brain. You know all in heart. <laughs> right. So all the wisdom that you're after and all everything that you've ever dreamed, you've wanted, desired, peace, uh, serenity, abundance, all of that stuff, it's it comes from heart. It doesn't come from head.
0: it does. and uh, i've I became aware of this myself. you see, i I've spent well over a quarter of a century uh, attempting, reaching for intellectual understanding. And, and I've accomplished a lot that way. I've learned a whole bunch of stuff, and, 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 it, and it really has pointed me in the, in the right direction. But at the same time, I also beca- became aware that intellectual understanding uh, is not necessary for enlightenment. It, it is not an, an essential aspect of enlightenment. The, the, the real thing, the, only, the one and only real thing one has to do in order to achieve enlightenment, to simply go within and access that heart energy that Judy's talking about. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You know, he has a lot of really cool little sayings, and uh, maybe we'll do another show and we'll talk about those.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, I I was just about to say, I mean, you you know, we've nowhere near even begun to scratch the surface. It's absurd to think that we've given anybody a real idea of what's going on here. We have to have many future conversations, Judy. There's so much to talk about.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Sam. It's such a it's such a pleasure to talk to you. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. I can't wait to go to the hoe with you. I know it's going to be incredible. So.
0: Oh my gosh, Judy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I am so much looking forward to that. I'm gonna be coming up there. I I hope to do it by the end of this month. I really hope to be coming up there within just a matter of a couple of weeks. Um.
2: That, you know, that's great. Cause then by then all of our horrible storms should be passed by that time. This is our storm season, so.
0: Good. Well, I can't yeah. I can't commit to it. I'm trying. I'm trying to get there by the end of this month. But
2: uh you know it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. You know that. So
0: absolutely. Okay. Well Judy, like I said, there there is just so much that we have to talk about. You and I are going to stay in touch always, I hope. And uh
2: absolutely
0: and uh we're gonna have many future conversations. So our our listeners don't need to worry if they don't have a grasp on what we're talking about just yet because we're gonna be talking a lot more.
2: (laughs) Right. Wonderful.
0: So Judy Carroll Thank you so much for joining me today on Type 471.
2: Thank you, Sam. Talk to you soon.
0: I will talk to you soon. You take care. Bye,
2: y'all. Bye, bye, y'all. You too. If
0: you would like to be privy to the reckoning in consciousness that is Type 471, go immediately to your preferred podcast platform and follow the show. Rate Type 471. Give it as many or as few stars as you believe it deserves. Say your piece in the comments and share type 471 with other people like-minded people people like you who can hear in my voice that i am deadly serious about delivering wondrous truths to you so if you believe in what i'm attempting to do make sure everybody knows how you feel about type 471 finally to share your own wondrous experiences with me email me at type471podcast at gmail.com i'm sam kitchen You be well, dear listener. I will speak to you next week.